Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BS can bring your space to life. Let's do it without any further teasing. Let's catch up with Adi Savir. S-E-N-Z. Our next guest doesn't need any introduction, man. He has been, wow, a shining light in our All Blacks pack. Week in, week out, dominating ball in hand, defensively, always sound. Mr. Inspirational, Adi Savir. Adi, appreciate you coming on the show, mate. Um, it's been a big week. Big week in camp in Hamilton. How's the week been, bud? Thanks, Us. Um, no, it's been um, it's been good. Obviously, at the start of the week, it's a bit you know down because obviously all the results from the last weekend. But I guess um, always always good going into a review and seeing solutions that can help us um, move forward and get better. So um, now we're obviously game day minus two. You know what a Thursday is like. Um, you know, so we're ready to rock and roll. It's, it's Dagger. Yeah, look. Dagger. <laughs> looking ahead, yeah. Adi. Looking ahead for sure. Um, but it's been a big week. And when you look at the game, like Monday, you pro- you would have reviewed thoroughly. You look at the game. At halftime, you, you had the advantage. You were getting gains. But just after halftime, you just went away from things. So what has been the focus? Has it been uh, more on attack uh, around the breakdown, trying to to uh, stop them getting quick ball or, or clearing out yep. the breakdown? What's been the main area of focus this week? Yeah, um, you know, obviously there's, it's us being accurate. Obviously we let, mm. um, you know, we let them build build scoreboard pressure and we let them in the game through our, our silly accuracy and, and not being accurate around our discipline and stuff like that. So, you know, they, you know we, we were showing clips where we could, it could have been all avoided um, and we mm. just put that upon ourselves. So, it's more so being accurate in our skill sets, mate, um, and obviously, yeah, um, being able to have variety in our game, and 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 not getting narrow-minded focus, uh, being able to just adapt and adjust um, to how the game is going. So, obviously, that's um, individual, um, you know, focus, and then obviously, as a, as a group, as as senior players, is to um, adapt and adjust to how the game's going. So, so people probably look at the breakdown here and they think, oh, you know, we're not getting enough turnovers. We're not, we're not getting in there and, and forcing uh, slow ball. But it's a flow-on yep. effect. 
it's a flow on effect. So what, what, what do you need from your defensive team, the players around you, to be able to help you and Sam and, and Shannon Frizzell get in there and become menaces? Because, you know, like I just said, people just like to identify and just pray that sevens and sixes and eights will get in there and do the job. But, you know, you need other people to do their job too. So how did the All Blacks do that this week? Yeah, um, obviously, you know, we've, we need to, you know, obviously come off the line and, and meet them physically. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're big boys. Um, we've got to try and, you know, land on top and, and find little seams where guys can get in and hunt the ball and, and or slow the ball down. So um, I think it's a, it's a whole team focus for us to be able to get in there and create slow ball. Um, but that first starts with the physicality and being able to um, and dominate their ball carriers, um, which they're big boys. So it is a tough challenge to do, but, you know, we've done it before in the past. So it's just about tapping into that kind of stuff and being able to and nullify that. Knowing Fozzie and knowing what his uh, his coaching style, he would have. One of the things I was at the game, I was at the game on the weekend. I could just notice the um, the Argentina. They weren't really committing around the breakdown, and they were getting numbers on their feet, and it felt like a a blue and white wall. So for you mm. on, on attack, Fozzie would have focused this week on on getting up, getting set, things that you can really control. It's not that you're not too far off, are you, Artie? No, we're not, mate. Um, you know, the boys are getting up, setting. And like you, like you say, they weren't sending many people in the breakdown. They were being, they were the intelligent, smart, picking their moments. Um, you know, obviously, if they've got a full line, there must be space somewhere else. So you know, it's up to us players to be able to to scan and, and see, um, even if it, you know if there is space um, in the backfield or or whatnot. It's just to be able to apply a triple threat game. Um, you know, that's up to us when pressure does come on, not to be narrow minded and to be able to see. Right see things um, that's in front of you. You know it all well, Dagger. So um, it's just about, yeah, doing those things in those pressure moments. Yeah. Uh, you, you love my serious questions, eh? <laughs> Man, I've never heard you be serious like this in my life. Oh, I've got to do it, Adi. I've got to do it. Hey, quickly, <laughs> we, won't, we won't keep you long, brother. Um, but for you, your form, mate, oh, just week in, week out, whether you're with the Hurricanes, whether you're with the Wellington Lions, you're with the All Blacks, you're just consistent, mate. What, what is it? What is it about being so consistent? Like, what are you doing that is so right? Um, you just have a happy face. I, uh, to be honest, I'm not too sure, man. Like, I, I just got my processes during the week. Now my work at, at the start of the week and then allows me to just be free and open up I and mean, be clear in my mind um, later in the week and, um, for me, mate, like I, I live in a in a in a mind state where I'm always blessed and grateful. Um, so, whenever I do get a chance to play on the field, it's it's, it's with a smile on my face and 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 win or lose. Obviously, want to win, win or lose, regardless. I'm always I'm always giving thanks and and I'm grateful. So, when you're in that state of mind and you're able to play footy because you just love it and you want to just give your all for not only yourself, your family, and and the brothers next to you, then. And sometimes that can bring the best out of you. So um, at the moment, that's working for me. Um, so I just got to keep doing that. And, and obviously, um, if things do change, just try and navigate and, and adapt and adjust. But yeah, brother, just go out there and give it my heart and my all. And that's all I can do. You do that week in, week out, without a doubt, mate. We cannot question your heart and your want to get up and, and do it for your brothers. And uh, we really appreciate it. Just quickly before I let you go, do you ever sit back in your room and reflect on the young, young Artie 
the short haired, you know, young baby face assassin coming onto the scene to where you are now? Um, I actually did it um, a couple of days ago. Obviously, it was, I think it was on the 24th, was um, a decade ago since I made my ITM Cup debut. And I was, you know, on so, socials. Yeah, so it was actually quite nice to reflect and and um, send it to my wife. Um, obviously, she was with me too, um, and just reflect on the journey. Um, and funny enough, you know, continue the journey, see where we go, bro. Oh, mate, the journey's pretty pretty stellar at the moment, brother. We appreciate your time here, Adi Savia. Um, all the best this Saturday. Go out there, do the job. No doubt you boys will react and uh, get the job done. Appreciate it, Art. Cheers, Dex. Bye. S-E-N-Z. No, great interview, Izzy, and no one, no one is questioning Artie's uh, commitment to the jersey. You're right, his form has been out of this world, really, hasn't it? Oh, mate, he's a freak, eh? <laughs> just never dies in the fight. And, and like, you look you look at it and you ask the reasons why. He just looks so settled, not only on the field, but in life. You know, he's got a beautiful family and he's, uh, you know, he's got his priorities right. He's obviously very faithful and um, uh, he's, uh, religious, sorry, and he, He's really strong in his faith, and mate, he's, he's just a good, he's a good man. I just love that the chat about, um, you know, they've got the they've got the tools there, but they've got to be brave and they've got to all have a voice, and that's what was happening on the weekend. There was opportunities there, but players weren't getting set, and they weren't giving the voice into their playmakers. There is gonna be space there. You've just got to look and see it. When you're getting bashed on the nose, you get so narrow-minded, you just lose focus of all the space around you and, and everything becomes so congested. So I think, yeah, they would have touched on it this week, but, yeah, we, we, we need to see it. We need to see it. It's just time for words to be put into action. Um, there's been a lot of words this year. It's time to put everything into action, Kimpi. Yeah, look, I like I liked what he was saying. I obviously reviewed the game and you know, some of the stuff he talked about, the Argentinians being intelligent and smart and the way they played the football. Um, but looking up at the triple threat that he's talking about, you know, not getting closed like closed vision, mm. I think that's probably what you'll see different on Saturday night is that they'll understand after reviewing a game that they will be able to go out there and find that space that that space that they need. Yeah, bang on, Kempi. Two words that he used there. You can't be accurate if you're not physical. They need to get up off the line and actually stop mm. the Argentine uh, players getting over that game line. So hopefully that means they're going to hit hard this weekend. And as you say, Izzy, words are words, actions are actions. Tomorrow night, Kempi, it's all about the Warriors. Yeah, well, you know, we all know it's been another hard year for the Warriors and they've got one last chance to show the fans they appreciate all the support at Mount Smart when they take on the Titans tomorrow night. Wade Egan, he's battled hard this year. He's played admirably in that number nine jersey. It's been tough, and he's with us now on the line. Morning, Wade. How are you, mate? Morning, boys. How are we? All good. Oh, good, mate. How are you, how are you feeling, mate? You happy to be home? Yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, you know, the, the games we've played back here, we've um, put in some, some pretty good performances, so it's, um, yeah, it's really good to be home, and um, yeah, one last one last hurrah for the year, and hopefully we can, um, yeah, do a good job tomorrow night. Yeah, do a good job, Wade. Is he here, mate? Appreciate you coming on the show, nice and early. Hey, hey uh, what's what's this what's this week been about, mate? You're back home. Are you trying to make it a, a special week? Have you been out and about amongst the community? Um, well, we only got in last last night because we sort of um, oh. we we played um, in Sydney last weekend, and it's been a bit of a um, we've had a, we've had a tough couple of weeks on the road with um, road trips and stuff like that, and flight got mm. delayed last night as well, so it was <laughs> got in late, which which doesn't help, but. Um, 
yeah, we'll be out and about today. We've got a sort of old boys day today. We'll um, catch up with all the, the old boys that have, um, you know, played for us in the past and, um, you know, made the path for us. And that'll be really cool. They'll be there tomorrow too. We'll run out in front of them and stuff like that. So um, that'll, that's always a cool experience when you can interact with, um, you know, the guys that, that came before you. Geez, that's tough, mate. I know the Titans got in. They got in two days ago. Um, they're training up at the gym that I train at. So, mate, um, just just asking about the the journey, Wade. You know, over the last couple of years, and and how tough you've done it this year. What has been? Do you think? You know, you're in the you're in that middle of the park. You touch the ball the most in a game. What do you think the main problem has been for the Warriors this year? Um, yeah, probably just. Consistency, mate, as you can see with our performance, you know, up and up and down, um, which sort of hasn't been good enough. You know, we started the year off pretty well, then we had a we had a sort of a real poor run where we just couldn't get out of the slump, and then um, then the, the back end of the year we've hit, you know, we've had some great games, and then also some really poor games. So um, it's probably just trying to find that consistency on a week to week basis. We've got a pretty young squad, and it's um, now as a young fellow, you got to try and get yourself up every week to play at an NRL level and. We probably just haven't done that this year as a as a whole group, so that's probably that's probably the main problem. Um, yeah. And, and what what about the the training um, behind the scenes? I was reading something from from bloody uh, Bunty the other week, and he was talking about the training. Is there still a lot of confidence in the group, and and is everyone you know uh, uh, you know holding everyone accountable? Is is that what the group's about? And, and next year. Are you excited with what you got next year? Like, you feel like you can go into the new year, got nine home games, and, and get the job done next year? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, training's been a little bit different at the back end of the year when you can't make finals and stuff like that. You know, you, you sort of want to enjoy enjoy training. You don't want to be a, don't want it to be a sort of a drag, and you obviously want to get your footy stuff done, but you also want to have a laugh and sort of stay sort of brought that brought that mindset in after after we sort out of final contention. You, you know, you gotta you gotta enjoy what you do and. Um, yeah, yeah. Touching on next year, there's um, there's there's some real good positivity. Um, looking forward to that. You know, we've got some new new signings coming in, some new coaches, and um, yeah, it's sort of a reset. We get back over the NZ, and everyone gets their gets to actually have a home, not be on the road for um, you know, an amount of time. So that'll be really good to actually set up base and train train in um, at a home ground for for once, I guess. Yeah, to get home, eh, Wade? There's nothing like being at home, hey. Just around you talking a little bit about cohesion and building for next year. What's what's what is that collective cohesion like between, I guess, the football players, the coaching staff, and the staff off the field? Are you all on the same page? Yeah, yeah, I think we're all on the same page, mate. Obviously, it's been hard with you know the, the football, uh, the, sorry, the uh, management staff and and stuff being back at home, and you know you got to interact through Zoom or phone calls, and then um, you know players and. And staff being at Renault, so hopefully once we all get back home, it'll be it'll gel a little bit a little bit better. And um, yeah, with the new coaching staff coming in, it's um, it's obviously pretty difficult to, to connect straight away. But I'm sure um, you know um, Andrew Webster is, is a pretty smart fellow, and he's come from a really good system. So I'm sure he has some good things in place. Um, you know, come November, where we can um, you know build chemistry and um, yeah, get the ball rolling on that on that front. We've got a we've got a text message here. We're just uh, one of the texters is just asking if you think you can get on the phone to Andrew Webster and ask him to bring half a dozen of those Penrith players along, mate. Is there <laughs> is there any is there anyone that we I guess the question is is there anyone that we don't know that we can get excited about that's coming to join the team next year? Give us some yeah, give us some Molly, mate. <laughs> a few of those, yeah, I'll give you the groundbreaking news. 
I'll leak it. Um, nah. Um, yeah, a few of those tennis boys would be, um, be handy. But, nah, there's some really good players. You know, you've got Mitch Barnett. It's a tough, tough, real tough forward for the Knights. Um, Nia Corey, I watched him play last night. He was probably one of, one of Parra's best forwards. And, um, you know, guys like Dylan Walker, um, Tamari Martin, he's been outstanding this year for, for Bronx. So, um, there's some really handy signings there. And, um, you know, if we can all get on the same page, I'm, I'm sure we'll, um, we'll do a real good job. Um, you know, in 2023. Hey, mate, well, just before we let you go, just a question. Uh, who would be the Prime Minister out of the players in your team at the moment? Prime <laughs> if you, Minister? If you could pick uh, one, who would that be? Who's the rocket scientist? Uh, the Prime Minister. You, you know what? Probably Ewan Aiken. He's not the he's not the smartest bloke around the team, but he's really book smart. So he'd probably draw up... Um, Drop a few good ideas um, behind the scenes. He probably doesn't look like a smart bloke, but he's um, he's pretty weak, so maybe him. <laughs> nice. Hey, Wade, thanks for thanks for joining us, mate. Get some sleep today. You're going to need it tomorrow night. Um, we're coming down to call it for SCNZ. Looking forward to watching the, the home game in front of the pack crowd. Thanks for, thanks for uh, coming on breakfast this morning. No, no worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers, Wade. Yeah, in good spirits. Oh. Get on him. Yeah, mate. Good. I can't believe they never arrived last night. Oh, neither can I. Like, like the Titans have been, been here for three days. They do it tough, well, don't they? Well, remember Cam on Wednesday told you about how they've been packing up their houses and like they've, of actually, they've actually yeah. had a big couple of weeks kind of winding their Australian operation down and, and like this is it. This is the final hurdle. They're back. They're home. And mm. and now they are the New Zealand Vodafone Warriors. And now the Vodafone Warriors. So um, as Vodafone extended that partnership. So good on them. We have a very special guest in the studio with us today. Kempe, who we got? Mate, we got the one and only Donk. <laughs> Paul, Paul yeah, Donk. Donk. The <laughs> Donk, yep. He's, uh, well, he's a legend, mate. He was our manager back in 2002 on our run through to the final uh, for a couple of years before we headed over to Catlin, uh, Catlins. But how are you going, Donk? How's yeah. things? Yeah, good, thanks. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's great. No, going really well, mate. It's great to be back in the old uh, City of Sales. The City of Sales. And Ando oh. and still snore, does he? <laughs> well, we're close, but not that close, mate. We just have different rooms. But, uh, yeah, no, no, it's good to be back. Uh, I don't miss the rain. Um, that was one thing I always had problems with here. And obviously your uh, yep. your office smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let too much out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> mate, so, so let's, let's just crack into it. What, what do you remember of those days? What, what, like, what's some of the fond memories of those days? Oh, look, there were so many, you know, People always said, you know, they wanted to know when we, you know, we all parted. And I said, that's not what it was about. It was always about the great things. I mean, we had so much fun, Kempe, you know, when you look back, you know, the the basketball days. So what people don't understand is we had this basketball hoop and, uh, you know, the players would, would leave and then all of a sudden the coaches thought we were all... Who were we? NBA, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was Michael. I was Michael Jordan. Well, I don't know. Was there any fat basketballers? Because I would have been that bloke. <laughs> I know, but we, you know, we played, and then we were just talking about it off air. You know, that you know, John Mitchell would come to our thing, and at the time he was the All Blacks coach, and he'd pull on the on the bib or whatever we used to do. But it wasn't. It was a rugby league. Basketball, wasn't it? It, it was, was fantastic. Yeah. You're allowed to tackle. There's no fouling. <laughs> like you can get called. You can get called up for a fouling. But it's a, it was a good time for that coaching stuff. I was telling Izzy about it. Like we we didn't have a cast of thousands. But what you we were talking about that last week. What what was so good about not having so much staff and just getting on with things? Oh, look, I think I spoke to you, Kempi, about 
the, the Sydney Swans have this, you know, uh, theory that they don't have a, I hope I can say the word, dickhead policy. But we had that before they even brought that out, mate. You know, the, the guys, everyone there, like Kia Hansen, um, yourself, Daniel, you know, to me to some extent. But they were, we didn't, everyone had like five jobs, mate. You know, we didn't just have one job. You know, everyone did everything and it was just... Everyone got on with their own job and then did everything else. So, you know, if something had to be picked up, we'd do it. You know, if something came off the ground, we'd do it. I just think that it was the greatest bunch of blokes that I've seen in a rugby league thing. So now, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, how much staff everyone has. But the thing then, we didn't need it, you know. And I still think that sometimes we do complicate things by putting too many people in, you know. I really do. Yeah, Kempi was talking about it earlier on, the resources, the limited resources you had, Paul Donkin. But I appreciate you coming in, and I can't really see you. You're just around <laughs> on the left there. If you lean, lean forward, I'll see your beautiful face. There you are. There you are, mate. There you are. Nice hey, I uh, appreciate you coming in. To, <laughs> appreciate you coming into the studio, mate. Hey, just, just reflect on those earlier days. You had uh, Daniel Anderson, you had Tony Kemp as assistant coach, mate. What, what was Kempy like? Give us a little inkling to Kempy's <laughs> coaching style. Look out. Maybe a few wow. stories, because I remember that year vividly, mate. I was a young kid in Hawke's Bay. I went and watched the grand final at uh, the Waipakaro Cinemas. It wasn't uh, what we wanted, but, mate, it's a hell of a career. What, what was Kempy like? Well, it's funny. I've been, you know, thinking about what when I first met Kempy, because my recollection of Kempy was, you know, I saw him play with Newcastle Knights way back in the day, and all I remember is that it gave a fat kid like myself in the western suburbs of Sydney <laughs> hope to wear big shorts one day, because he wore massive shorts. But, look, he was, he was fantastic to me and, you know, my family when we first arrived to come here, and, uh, you know, he, he knew his stuff. He, you know, you don't get to where Kempy was from Shell and Peas, you know, he played at the highest level, um, and he was passionate about the place, which is always a bonus, you know. Like, we do take the piss out of each other, but he was fantastic with all that thing. So he knew when to be serious, and he definitely knew when to be, you know, let's have a bit of a laugh and stuff like that. But I'll tell you one thing he was. We used to get lunch provided for us there at one stage. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him move so quick. Every time that lunch thing would come, I'll think, where's Kempi go? Woof, he was there. He'd come back. He'd have the biggest plate. And I'll tell you what, he made me look good now. I walked beside him. What about the, but the arms? Like, you know, the first thing I remember walking into the gym and I thought, you know, Kempi, oh, I've got to meet Kempi. And all I'm thinking about is his shorts and his big fat ass. And then when I get there, I went, oh my God, he's put my legs on his arms. They're ginormous. Everything was beach weights with Kempi, though. There was no legs, it was all. <laughs> Let's get those beach weights out. <laughs> mate, mate. All right, enough of that. Enough of that, because I actually want to Not talk. Not enough about, of that. Not yeah, enough of that. I want to talk more, a, trust I me. I want to talk I've a little more. bit about that football team, mate. Donk. You know that football team, yeah. that run we had in 2002, because that's what you're here for. Right. We're back for the, the reunion of the 2002 grand final team. But just talk about that team, mate, you know, because you got really close to the boys. Yeah, look, it was great because I've just I flew over yesterday with Kevin Campion uh, to my right and then uh, Clinton Torbis to my left. And we had really good conversations about that whole period, you know, and they were disappointed. They still spoke, you know, how much it hurt them. And, uh, you know, they've they thought it was weird that we were celebrating a loss. But I said to them, we had to celebrate this on a couple of fronts. One, that those kids, when we arrived, were pretty raw, um, you know, 
they hadn't really been in structure like the Aussie kids. And they, mm. they, they proved that they weren't just uh, robotic sort of footballers. They were f- sort of free to do whatever they did. And even, you know, Kevin Campion said he was frustrated because he'd played an Australian style of football where, you know, five hit-ups and a kick and whatever. But these kids here have natural ability. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're more than just footballers. They're athletes. You know, just to see things like, you know, I remember Ali Lautiti one day coming into the gym there, picking up the ball with one hand off the ground and leaping straight from a standing start and dunking the ball. So these kids here just, for me, you know, I'd been in in a system at Parramatta from 94 to 2001 before I came here. And I'd never seen anything like it. I just couldn't believe the talent that these kids had. Um, And just the way they enjoyed everything. So it wasn't a chore for them. They seemed, didn't they, Kempi? They Mm. really came to the the ground every day with a smile on their face. And they really were keen to learn. And they they were sponges. They, They learnt as much as they could off you and Daniel and anyone else around them. And they were just really good kids. They, they never really gave us too much problems either. So, you know, they had time on their hands, but they didn't get into trouble. They didn't go out, you know, mm. doing sh- silly things. They were just, I, you know, I just say to anyone that anyone asked me, you know, it was a period of time that if we could, you know, sort of put into a box, we would keep them like that and just keep, bringing them out again and again in New Zealand because these guys were just way above their their pay rate. They were just awesome, you know. They, they, they really were. And and for us Aussies that we realistically, you know, came here blind and thinking the same thing that the Australians thought, why have we got a New Zealand side? Why have we got a New Zealand side? You know, that's and we were selfish, you know. Like, I'm a Newtown supporter. And they got out of the comp. And I always went, why have we got New Zealand when I want Newtown back in? But this, that was the dumbest thought ever. Until we came here, saw the culture of them, the way they were talented, and the way that there was just every time you turned a stone, there was another Ali Lautiti or you know Jerry C. you. This is just an amazing place. And and those times there with those those blokes, they were so respectful. You know they did well. One time I've got to tell a story later about how they they stitched me up. But they were you know just great kids, and then now you know great men. But you know, they learned so much, and that's what I was sort of saying, that if it was me and I was running the club, those guys somehow would all have to fit in and they'd have to be somewhere to give you opinions or feedback on how to play the warrior style of old that gets you some success, you know, because that's how they that, Paul. I was going to ask you that, Paul. Like, you, you think back to 202 when you got it so right and you've just spoke about it, you come over here, the, we've got a different a style, we've got a different culture, and... Our players learn differently. So what were the, some of the things that you could probably take back from 202 to add to this current crop that we have now? Because I feel like at now they probably um, haven't got the, the backroom mix right on how they're uh, portraying the conversation or giving those messages to the players to bring the best out of them. So if you think back to 202, how would you, how did you bring the best out of the boys? Uh, well, I mean, it, it definitely the games get complicated. As we've spoken before... You know, you're looking at uh, a lot more science into the game where, you know, we didn't really have a science. Well, Kia was... Kia, you know. Kia had those heart rate monitors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were for me, but... Um, but he... Look, I, 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 to, to, be, to be honest, well, as you guys say, to be fair, um, I just think that we've sort of stifled their play 
And and I, I honestly believe that you've got to try to find one or two maybe big, tough Australian boys that are really disciplined. You don't want them to be the superstar. I don't think New Zealand should ever buy any players um, that are halfbacks or superstars. There's, there's no point because you've got them here. You have to turn them into something. But I would, I would seriously say that if you can get those kids in early in your systems and just have everything replicated from the under-15s right through to the first grade, you will see that there's some success in there, and then what will happen is the coaches or the t- or the club will weed out those people that aren't really committed to it, and then you would have the rest of the guys who would come, and then you would have this culture that continues, like Melbourne culture. You know, Melbourne continues, and people scratch their head, why does it always that they lose so many great players, but then they have success the following year? The Warriors are exactly the same. They they just don't realise the culture that they had and it sort of went away and there's you know there's lots of reasons and lots of people got involved and there's been different owners and whatever so that becomes a complex thing but I think honestly that it's here and it just needs to get some sort of that culture back from the 202 is it that I would sit down and as I've spoken to Kempi about it that you would get in a room, have a think tank and say, you know, you don't have to take all their their advice, but you should say at some stage, how did they win? You know, the most successful period in, in Warriors history, short history, was from 201 to 204, right? And then it just stopped. But we were young. We were, you know, we were I was young. only 32, 34 or something. You were a bit younger than us. And it was just... You know, it was it wasn't whirlwind, and we were learning on our feet. But the kids were learning with us, and they brought into the culture, and they they ran the culture in the end. You know, blokes with with strong morals and strong standing, like you know, um, Kevin Campion, and but even, just even, not even Kevin Campion because he, you know he's an Australian, but you know, Motu and the whole lot, they were all there. And then once you broke that up, it sort of left. But why did it leave? Because we didn't instill that thing to continue down. So, you know, I still think that New Zealand Warriors should never be out of the eight. And I think it's not that hard to get back a little bit of the culture of how to win. And again, it doesn't need, you know, us bully Australians coming over and telling us how to play your game. Get the New Zealand game and tell us how you want to play. And wasn't that and wasn't that the key? Wasn't that the key? Like, oh. the Australian, we had Australians come in, me and Ando, real young. Um, you were a young manager. Keir was straight out of university as a yeah. scientist. And we just went, well, we want them fit. And this is, we want those fundamental skills um, to be so good that their school will take over once they get on a football field. What do you remember about that side when they were playing against the Australians? What, you were talking to the Aussies as well about the Warriors. What were they? What were their thoughts about that Warriors team that we had back then? Well, it, I spoke to lots of players that I knew from Australia, you know, like Nathan Highmarshes out of Parramatta and stuff. They were just gobsmacked that we could play that type of football week in, week out, and they didn't know how to defend it. So, you know, Brian Smith, the great technician that he was, would study video before anyone started video and whatever. They couldn't break us down. You know, they knew that Ali Lautiti was going to get the ball and pass it to Clinton Torpy, but they didn't know when. Mm. So what you're doing is you're surprising the, that side every day, right? So even the other Aussies started to make 
They stood up. It was the first time, honestly, in that whole whole period when we were here and we started to have success, that the Aussies looked over their shoulder and went, "Jesus, we've 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 opened a can can of worms here. This is this could be anything." And I just honestly, you know, it, it was something that we needed. And like I even remember Ray Warren, who, you know, he was family friends, and I went to school with his his sons and stuff. And he, I remember him saying to me, "I've been waiting for this since they come into the competition," you know. And then, you know, it stems back from seeing that in 1986 when New Zealand beat Australia for the first time at Cartwell Park and stuff. You know, some of us wanted it, but then when it came, no one wanted it. <laughs> you know, but but that's that's what I mean. Uh, it, this this is still a sleeping giant, and you know, New Zealand have got to realise that they've got more than what it takes. And that you know, look look, there's so many clubs here, and we spoke about it yesterday on the plane with. With who I was on with, and we said, so in Australia, Manly have their region where they can pick their juniors from, Parramatta have their region, Penrith, whatever, and no one can go into them. So Canterbury can't come into the Parramatta That's right. place, right? But in New Zealand, it's free game. <laughs> so every bugger's here. The Roosters are here. Yeah. Daniel Anderson, yeah. you bludger. <laughs> He's here signing blokes everywhere. But then the thing is, though, you've got to get the Warriors... To a point, and look, well, Daniel should be working here, mate. Seriously, he's he's the best development yeah, guy out here. there. He should be working here. Um, do we need to take a break? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Here's, here's a question for you all. Ponder this, and we'll come back. Um, question for Kempi and Donk: Do you think the Storm played last night to intentionally run fifth, applying logic <laughs> they should beat the Raiders with eyes closed next weekend? So have a, this, I love I love stuff like that. I love the conspiracists. Right, snap, snap poll verdict: Donk and Kempi did Melbourne lose intentionally last night? Yes. Oh hell no. Hundred percent. Just look, it's false economy. They just want to make Parramatta think they can win the comp. They'll never win the comp. End of story. <laughs> and he's a Parramatta supporter. No, I'm not. Oh. I'm a Newtown. Look. Oh, he's Newtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very but, good. But, but loves Parramatta. Right. <laughs> I was thinking that was that terrible NFL side. Um, oh. <laughs> all right, boys. What else? So tonight you've got the big do. You've got the big session. All of the old boys in one room. No fighting, Kempi. How's it going to go? Oh, no fighting. Just a lot of lot of, you know, Donk telling lies, really, telling stories and telling lies about me. He'll, he'll tell plenty of those. One thing I want, to, I want to quickly get to, though, before we go to our next break, Donk, is just that grand final night. So we've, we've spoken about that. We've all got our theories on what happened and why why the Aussies didn't want us to win that trophy. But what's your thoughts on it, being coming from Australia? Um, I, I, look, it wasn't until afterwards, and I thought about it, you know, straight after the game, there was multiple things that I hated about it. Um, one, we were trying to be bullied. We we were the minor premiers, right? So we had the right to wear the, any colour jersey we wanted. We had the first right to where we stayed in, you know, Australia and everything. So we played Cronulla on the Sunday. We jumped. They forced us back on a plane that night. We arrived here with fanfare at the airport about midnight. We were back on a plane on, I think we had Tuesday off maybe or something like that. Mm. And then... They said you've got to come to the the breakfast, and we said, well, this is just impossible. We you know we need to stay here. We need to promote the game within this country. But no, they wouldn't. So we had to get back on a plane, and we got over there, and then we had to sit in suits at, at 
when the media come and watch us eat breakfast on a stage, which was a bit weird. But it was weird. Yep. But but everyone used to watch you eat because you're always eating. Mouth mouth open. Yeah, Christ. Nom nom nom. <laughs> Just like this. <laughs> What's normal? Um, Kubota. <laughs> but but then the funny thing was it started so. My role after that breakfast is we had to sit down. There was the, uh, I think at the time the head of, head of NRL was there, um, and then they had the Roosters guy uh, Brian Cavanagh there, and so straight away Brian just starts saying, "Well, this is what we're doing. We're wearing the uh, blue jerseys and we're staying at Coogee." And I said, hey, "Hang on a minute, no, you're not. You know, we we get all the rights." Oh, listen, mate, you know, this is this is the way it goes. You know, this is our hometown. You know, we, we're from Coogee. So, we, you know, we argued and eventually we got our way with our jerseys and stuff like that. And then they came to us and said, uh, right, our kickoff will be, uh, you know, Australian time, 8.30. I said, 8.30? So 8.30 is 10.30 here, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to think that, our, you know, we didn't have much time back here. Our body clocks hadn't done too much. The players were sort of in, in a spin because there was so much hype, you know, here. Then they wanted to celebrate with their family, so they're away from their family. They get pushed back over to Sydney, and it's all about the Roosters. So every time they open a newspaper, it's all about how the Sydney Roosters are going to beat the New Zealand Warriors. So they're behind the eight ball. So then what happens is the media get involved. Eight thirty turns out to be ten to nine, which oh. is what time here? Ten to eleven. Classic rugby league. You know. Kempi doesn't stay up these days past nine o'clock. <laughs> then, in the box, I remember yelling out, Kempi, what do you want? And he went, <laughs> he was asleep. You know, it's half time. Kempi, wake up. But look, I, I honestly think that it was against us. And then they actually changed the times eventually to suit that, you know, because it w- was too late. And it was. It was just a horrific thing. It but- was a setup. It was a, it was a setup. And I guess what people don't realise is that. During that week, we really needed didn't have a chance to put our feet on the ground, and yeah. and get on with winning that grand final, and and we just about did it. We got to that grand final and we competed, and everyone's saying it was the Villasanti hit that turned Moz into a beast, and Moz came in and took it out. I actually just think that you know there's a couple of plays in that game that if it goes our way, we probably get home on the sniff, sniff of an oily rag. I think we were tired. Oh, we were definitely tired. They, you know, you I, know I, that I, back I end no of the doubt. game, we were all over them, and then the back end of the game, we just run out because it's it's by that stage, it's half past twelve. That's right. You know, I look. I I honestly think that you know, again, we were we were young in the head office, and then we were young as fo- you know, playing with the football. I, yeah, I look. I agree, I, and I hate to say it as an Australian, but that's we we definitely didn't want you base to win. Yeah, brutal, brutal stuff. We're 28 away from nine. Uh, good memories for Paul Donkin and Studio Tony Kemp. We'll wrap it up and say goodbye to Paul on the other side of this. Hey, Izzy, have a look at these couple of texts here. Read them to Donkin Kempy. They'll love them. Yeah, boys, that was an awesome interview. He was right about get them early, and if they don't want to be here, ship them off and keep New Zealand and the Warriors option first. That is from George. So he wants the New Zealand Warriors to be New Zealand Warriors. Another one from Paddy. So good hearing those memories of the grand final seems utterly ridiculous. Looking at the club now, that at one stage we were minor premiers in the grand final when now we're literally one win ahead of the wooden spoon. Up the waz, cheers Paddy from Christchurch. <laughs> a couple of passionate supporters there, boys. Oh, good to bring them some memories. Hey, Donk, just before we let you go, any regrets? Not meeting Izzy personally. He looks a champion. <laughs> 
You're the good looking one out of this crew, I'm telling you. Oh, oh great Doc. Good hairline. There's Doc. Hey, mate, nah, it's been a bit of. Honestly, I remember that, that, that final, and you did right, eh? At half time, Stacey Jones and that try. Just for half, I was like, man, we got this. We're, we're in with a chance here. Eight, six, come on. Bang. Oh, but, mate, like you said, I love what you say. The New Zealand Warriors, they had, their, they had their mantra. They had their culture. They had their identity. What we talk about quite a lot on the show is the identity of the Warriors. They've gone away from it. They need to get back. So tonight, Donk, when you have a couple of tubes, just ring it into the ears, all right? He'll be ringing in my ears, I can tell you that right now, is he? But, uh, mate, hey, I just want to say thanks a lot for taking the time this morning. I know it's uh, been a long trip over and a, and a long time before drink, uh, between drinks between me and you, but um, I just want to say thanks for coming over, Donk. I'll never forget those days. I think I'll tell on the boys before you come in that they cut our time way too short as young 30-year-olds, 30, uh, 30 me, you and Ando. And, uh, yeah, what could have been? That's uh, We've got yep. to take that one's one with us when we leave this plane. But uh, good to see you, mate. Looking forward to catching up with you this afternoon for a beer. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Go the New Zealand Warriors. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. That's a big weekend for two of the most recognised coaches in New Zealand at the moment. On one hand, you have a coach that was handed a poison chalice, and on the other... One that inherited a legacy that rules a nation and which is currently under threat. As the Warriors roll out onto Mount Smart for the last time this season, I hope everyone in the ground gives Stacey the recognition he deserves for helping this flailing team get to the finish line. For without Stacey's love for this club, I'd quite simply say this. More heads would have rolled and the loss not just on the field but off it would have been far more substantial. The little general, take a bow, son. And finally... The final curtain being drawn on Stacey Jones' foray into first-grade coaching. Here's our mate Fozzie. He will have the blowtorch on him as he tries to motivate a team who was smashed by the Argentinians. Let's all watch them try to return that favour down in the Tron this Saturday night. While well, Stace can sit back and enjoy the smooth, hoppy slurps of an amber ale in the off-season, Fozzie will be dusting off his armour for another beating by the public if his All Blacks can't get the job done. So who would you rather be? Stace in the club home on two wheels? Or Fozzie, must win or face the uncertainty of retaining his job? I'm happy to be the water boy on this occasion. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Oh, wow, Kempy. Oh, who would I rather be? Look, I'd rather be Stace because win or lose, he doesn't really cop it. <laughs> It's not his fault. It's not his fault. He's taken over. Oh, what will he? Warriors? Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, look, it's an awesome opportunity for the for the Warriors to finish at Mount Smart in front of their home people and an awesome weekend of celebrations, 202 reunion. We've got Paul Donkins coming up, uh, going in the studio after eight. And uh, well, I'm just looking at that, looking forward to that. And then the, the All Blacks, I'm, I'm expecting a reaction from them, 100%. Rolling into it, nice. Kempe. One Who would you rather be, Kempy? Who would you rather be? Oh, mate, been through that, <laughs> been through that coaching gig. Um, you know, one of the things I thought about with Fozzie, like, it's, what a challenge. You know, I was going to mm. write about like what an actual challenge it is, and what Kiwis are really like when they they get thrown a challenge. Like this small country with five million people, always um, 
bats above their weight. You know what I mean? So I, th- I think the challenge, I think for Fozzie, the challenge, if you're looking at it with the glass half full, mate, yeah. what a challenge. What a chance to say, well, I, I, I told you so. So I'm wishing mm. them all the best on Saturday. I think they get the job done too, nice, quietly. Nice stuff, Kempi. I think lots of people think that as well. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.